Welcome everybody to the Kid Casper Podcast. I'm your gracious, beautiful, blessed, beloved, and black host, a kid that they call Casper. The K-I-D in Kid Casper stands for that king of development. I'm that menace with the melanin. So reject me as I am as long as he is still relevant. Um, if this is your first time tuning in today, engaging my black face, you know what I'm saying? Um, not black face, but like my black face. Like this, this, this is melanin. This is not like a weird filter. I mean, I'm pretty sure we can turn this up and down. But no, this is this isn't sepia. This isn't like this isn't like an extreme sense of foundation. The only foundation we use around here is Christ. That's it. Um, other than that, <laughs> this is your first time tuning in today. Hello, I'm that quirky black kid that they call Casper. I'm a Christian raptivist. Yes, rapper slash activist. Like I like I love Jesus, but I'm like super far from a pacifist. Like I need Jesus, and like they don't need my mouth sometimes so like i gotta keep christ in the forefront because it's necessary um but yeah that's pretty much what it is um graphic designer um clothing apparel owner of ghostthreads.com taco enthusiast um i don't know um i don't think that i'm trying to think of something else oh um and i like ginger ale why i don't consider ginger ale soda um and i haven't gotten covid once and at least everybody in my life that i have met has gotten COVID at least two to three times. I don't know what y'all are doing wrong. I mean, I live my life off of, <laughs> I live my life off of ginger ale and tahine personally. So, and I'm still vaccinated, but y'all are just, I don't know. Maybe y'all are making out. Maybe some of y'all are licking toilet seats. I don't really know what else to say. All I know is that ginger ale is essential. Um, so yes. Anyway, um, before I just, you know, continue to insult y'all and pull y'all baby hairs, um, cause it's kind of rude. Um, I would like to bring on my guests this evening, this evening, you know what I'm saying? Um, this is a fellow, this is a fellow CHH artist. Um, this is a, I, I will not mind my business. I mean, you're, you're, if you're watching or listening, whether it's Apple podcasts <laughs> or it's YouTube, I will not mind my business. Um, you came here not to be insulted, but for me to have an opinion. If you didn't want to hear somebody's opinion, I don't know why you listen to podcasts. That's besides the point. Um, but my guest this evening, um, is a fellow CHH artist. You know what I'm saying? When we're talking about Christian hip hop, um, or as far as hip hop artists who happen to be Christian, um, this brother is out of, I think he's born in Chicago, if I'm not mistaken, uh, just from like my research purposes. Born in Chicago, um, brother, just to make sure. Born in Chicago, yes. Um, out of Philadelphia currently. Um, you know, he's got many different hats, different hats, I would say. Um, Ex-military, if I'm not mistaken, correct, sir? Yes, no? Um, yes, cool. Research still works. Um, you know what I'm saying? Uh, this is a husband, this is a brother. This is um, a fellow lyricist um, and, you know, a fellow YouTuber in this space as well, everybody. Um, my guest this evening um, is the Magnificent, the Melanated. Um, one of the, he had, personally, personally, if we had to like rate like black men with mustaches, he's like top 10. I can't really, this is it for me. Like if I try to get a mustache, I'm going to look like I sell Cuban cigars out of the trunk of my car personally so it's not really a good, <laughs> it's not really a good look um and my name looked like it's raul but anyway everybody this is uh brother joe how's everybody doing today say hi to brother joe. Ooh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> you are muted good brother you gotta unmute yourself dog there we you go you out of pocket man <laughs> the mustache one got me man the mustache one got me. i was just telling my wife the other day i was like because because i've been trying to grow a beard man you know and the Lord, you know, 
has only allowed me this mustache. So, you know, I just shaved my face today. So, yeah, praise God. This is all we getting. That's <laughs> all we get for facial hair. <laughs> oh, bro, don't feel bad. Um, the like my the way my jeans work, I gotta shave like every like two days, but it still won't look as structured as yours. If that makes sense, sure, like sure. <laughs> mine's definitely um in a struggle phase. Like it looks like four hundred years of of depression on the above my lip. So we just not gonna do that, and we just <laughs> we just gonna keep this little bit of like whatever we gonna call this a chin strap not even a chin strap because it doesn't even come from my temples to my chin yeah, don't even come i don't know yeah, that's yeah. it this is it this is it this is this is it so like I thought, if I, I, thought, I thought the bible said that he that is faithful over little will be ruler over much i, I don't think it applies to facial hair. probably not I'm, I'm all cheekbones forehead and like kind of bit of schnoz going on over here but like that's it and we don't like this little bit of dirt above my lip um looking like looking like resin in a bong that's pretty much it um and that <laughs> that's pretty much it but enough roasting myself um before we get into it my brother how are you doing today dog how's it going I'm good, I'm good man i'm good I'm, I'm i'm blessed god is good god is good man i'm yeah i'm doing good man exciting stuff going on man i just got back from a festival like last week creation fest that joint was dope um but yeah man i'm doing good I'm excited. That's what's up. That's what's up. So first off, before we get into it, man, you know, I just wanted to, you know, I want to say it publicly, as I said it privately, you know, appreciate you setting my invitation. You know, this is like a long time coming as far as conversations goes. But, you know, yeah. I just wanted to say thank you for, you know, coming in and sharing the space with me, man. This is, uh, I feel like this is going to be a dope. What do, what, what, what do y'all ladies talk about in this comment section? Y'all behave now. I got moderators. I think one of them is actually- Shout, shout, shout out to my wife, Audrice. That's my wife. So shout out oh, to her. Oh, okay. They just, they just over here like, I, I don't know. But one of them is my sister. So like if she's supposed to be my moderator, but if she gets out of control, I might need to take her wrench away. I don't know. But um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a possibility. But yeah, man, um, I'm super excited. I feel like this is like, um, this is one of those conversations like been i would say connected as far as social media wise facebook kind of just been like glued into one another for like the past like three something years on and off you know what i'm saying i've had to take a break from social media because people are i don't know you give anybody a computer nowadays and like they think that they have a doc they have a, a degree in doctrine all of a sudden so it's just like mm, i don't know if i need to necessarily expose myself to this personally um so yeah that's pretty much where i've been at but yeah, I feel like this is gonna be super, super dope. Um, so before we kind of get into all of that, um, for those that do not know who uh, Brother Joe is or um, Untitled, I think that's how you announce your moniker correctly. Yes, um, for yep. those that do not know who Joe Untitled Johnson is, if you can give us uh, elevators pitch to who you are, my good brother, um, and I don't know what floor of the elevator we on. So like like I said, it could be really quick or it could get Pentecostal. I don't know. This is my podcast. Um, so right. <laughs> take as much time as you need, dog, for sure, for sure. All right. I'm going to hit you with the Pentecostal and be like, I won't be before y'all alone. Uh, <laughs> but nah, so, so yeah, man, like like uh, my man Cash was said at the beginning, uh, Untitled is my uh, artist name. I was born in Chicago uh, and I actually... Born in Chicago, moved to Florida 2003. So I don't know if that's I'm a like, good thing or a bad thing. Um, like it's kind of a good thing. 
it is. Yeah, I mean, for me, because like the school I went to was like god awful in Chicago, and uh, <laughs> yeah, man, we you know got out got out of the city because uh, you know obviously now looking at Chicago now is like horrible. It was horrible then, uh, but looking at it now, man, I'm like glad we moved uh, because if I had to stay at that school, man, I don't know. I really don't know. The high school I was going to, I had a little bit of everything gang wise. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so my parents ended up in, uh, Florida for, for ministry purposes. Uh, so, you know, 2004 to about 2007, um, I was in high school, graduated 07, class 07, best class in the planet. Um, then after that, you know, I tried junior college. It wasn't working out for me. And I got a letter from the army, uh, you know, and I threw it in my closet and I was like, this is stupid. You know what I'm saying? I'm not about to join the army. Um, another year goes by, and then the thought comes back again. You know what I'm saying? I'm trying to do junior college, but it's not working. I think I changed my major like four times in one year, and uh, nothing was really clicking. I'm like, man, this is not it. Like, what am I going to do with my life? And then my mom comes in the room, and she was like, where that letter from the army? Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? The army? So, you know, I slept on it, prayed about it. The next day I called a recruiter. Recruiter comes to the crib. He explains everything to me. I take the ASVAB test. Uh, I get placed. I place really high, uh, enough not to be in infantry. <laughs> um, so I ended up choosing uh, uh, communications, which is like radio and uh, computer software, stuff like that, which is, you know, pretty much what I'm into. And then after that, man, the rest was history. 2008, April 2008, April 28th. I remember the day, 2008. I left home to go to the army. I cried all the way to MEPS, <laughs> uh, which is the uh, medical processing place. And boom, man, I spent six years in the army, um, you know, and got out, came back home, met my wife uh ended up moving to philly so i so yeah like we probably gonna get into that later because it's a it's a lot how i ended up in philly and it's crazy like small world man but uh but yeah but i always had a love for music man um i remember growing up listening to cross movement idol king uh sfc you know those are old school christian hip-hop uh like early 90s late 2000s and i'm like man this is what i want to do and uh, I remember my cousins had a group <laughs> and uh, they would take like, you know, songs from like mainstream, you know what I'm saying? Like Song Cry by Jay-Z, uh, you know, uh, uh, Bone Crusher, I Ain't Never Scared. And they would flip them into Christian hip hop songs. And I would try to do the same thing. So, you know, I would start writing, blah, blah, blah. And uh, as I got older, man, you know, things just progressed, went to college, got a degree in show production and touring with an associates in recording arts, started, you know, making music, moved to Philly, things just started progressing. And I was going to go with Joe Johnson as my name. But then, like, you know, I became an ordained deacon at my church and everybody would, you know, they would say, yo, Joe Johnson, but then they would correct themselves. They'd be like, I mean, Deacon Joe, you know, is a lot of overcorrection. And I'm like, I don't care about the title, man. I just, I just want to be a servant. You know, I just, I really, like, really want to serve, not about the false humility or nothing like that. I really just want to serve. Um, and I remember one of my sisters in, in the church, uh, she did a poem called 
uh, Untitled. It was about being Untitled. And she was talking about, you know, how we are so focused on titles and everybody wants to be apostle, prophet, things of that nature. What happened to just being a servant? And I was like, boom, there it is right there. So I, I took that and uh, I made that my my name, you know, Untitled. No titles needed is what I say, you know, like I just want to live this world as a servant, doing what God called me to do. Uh, if that's business, hip hop, whatever, ministry, whatever the case is, you know what I'm saying? I just want to be a servant. I don't want none of the precepts, you know, just a servant, you know, until he called me home. So that's pretty much, you know, how Untitled was birth. Um, and we going full fledged with that, man. Gotcha, gotcha. My my sister over here. She 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 couldn't she couldn't she couldn't resist herself. Now, this is a story how my life got switched upside. I like okay. So it, she got about two more times. Right, right. I got you. Um, but yeah, man. I love to like. I'd love to kind of dig into like all of that just to give people um a better idea of like as far as your story slash like experience goes. Um, yeah. my so first off, um. You have watched this uh, program before. Yes, yes, no, yeah. you have. Yeah. Okay, cool. Yep. So do you know what's coming next as far as like my like my super intense questions? Yes? Man, no. I don't know. You know, something. <laughs> oh, man, that, that that just let me know off rip that you may not know what's coming. So that's fine. This is always fun. So my next super intense. First off, I'll, I'll wait until you answer. I'll ask you this question. I'll be up in your business um, after, <laughs> after you answer this All question. Right. But my first super intense question on the Kit Cash podcast is if you had to pick a favorite Disney princess, uh, what Disney princess would that be, my dog? <laughs> my wife in the other room. <laughs> but now, uh, favorite Disney princess? Dang. Uh, I think, uh, listen, listen, if more kids were, if more kids would ask these questions when they met on the playground, <laughs> I guarantee. <laughs> Our children would have better friends. That's just me personally. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I am. I am indeed curious. So yes. <laughs> Dang, I don't. I don't know if I had one, but if I had to choose, I'd probably say uh, Jasmine from Aladdin. Yeah, you know I'm saying. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay. Yeah, brown, right. brown skin, man. Brown skin. Yeah, that one of our first, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and she stayed a uh, human. For most of the movie, that's always great yeah. too. So it's like, yeah. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. Mine would have to be Brandy, you know, from like Cinderella, because technically, you know, we yeah, it was a Cinderella that looked like us, and so mm. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. That, Ray, yeah that's Ray, right. Ray, yeah, Ray J's sister. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. you know, we try to try to pat him on the back every once in a while, make him feel like <laughs> make, him, make him feel like an adult for the week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, my goodness. Um, and for my next super intense question, um, this will one let me know how much cooler or not cooler you are than me, and two, kind of let me know your age gap because black is misleading, and I feel like I need to start asking people for ID before they come up on here. So like, that's just we just gonna figure we just gonna figure this out together. Um, but if you had to pick a starter six Pokemon set, you know what I'm saying. What starting six would that be? See, I I wasn't even in a Pokemon growing up, man. Mm. How, how long were you saved? So first off, how long were you saved? Were your parents saved? Because I know this also plays a part into like how you were able to answer this question. Um, you know, 
Now that that that's funny because okay, so I grew I grew up in the church. Like that, that's church is all I know. And uh, you know what I'm saying? Like my parent, like I would get the the coloring books and like the tracing books and all that. But as far as like playing the games, the cards, and like the actual show, I really wasn't into it. I really wasn't into it. So I, I you know, I can name the basic characters like Pikachu, Charizard. Uh, see that that that's where I'm at. That that's all I know is them the the three. That's all I know off the top of my head. Okay. Uh, but since I'll, I'll since you bring up that, since you bring up that, I'll do this solid. I'll do this solid because this is a little bit more universal. You don't even gotta be you don't even gotta be a heathen to like know this. I'm not a heathen, but still. Um, if you had to pick, hmm, if you had to pick three superheroes, um, to help rinse Thanos, we'll do that. I'll give you that. Which three are you going with? That's going to rinse Thanos. That's going to rinse three. Thanos. Like he, like you got give, give him that business. You know what I'm saying? All right. Oh man, I'm gonna have to. Oh man, I, I love Batman growing up, man. I had to. I'm gonna have to pick Batman. Uh, my 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 two guy would have to be Superman. And then for my third guy, it's gotta be Iron Man, cause you know he he hit the final snap, you know. So I think them three right there could do some damage. Gotcha. Um, that's it. You know, it's funny. This is the first time I asked this question on here, and like. Somebody asked me, so so somebody else told me this. I asked on here, and I was like, I was like, so I was like, do you got what do you guys think? They'd be like Batman. I'm like, but what if Batman ran out of batteries? Hmm. Like, <laughs> if Batman ran out of batteries and Wi-Fi, is he really still Batman? Like, I the, same with Iron Man too. Like, I just and like I don't know. And like, what if, and what if Superman didn't use that that kryptonite head and shoulder shampoo? Like, he might be he might be in trouble. I don't. I don't know. Um, that I'm a skeptic at nature, and plus, it's Thanos. Like he already got the Infinity Stones. Well, who's to say he ain't gonna keep around Kryptonite on him? I don't know. It's just the skeptic in me. The skeptic in that's me. That's true. Uh, this yeah. is this is assuming he hasn't thought of everything, but I don't know. You make, um, make a valid point. <laughs> that yeah, I I don't know. But then again, I might have just did that to frustrate you because Tuesday I was <laughs> running over here. I don't know, but I mean, like, we'll see how this goes. Um, so anyway, man, um, you know, my sole purpose of, uh, starting this, you know, platform, this part of like my ministry, I would say, as far as my podcast goes, um, you know, back in, I want to say like 2019, God put this on my heart as far as like just being able to like have dialogues with people, um, to spotlight different, you know, creatives, content creators, musicians, producers, you know, people I've become acquainted to through the years, um, but then the pandemic happened. I was like, oh no, crap. So I won't be able to meet with these people. But anyway, like, you know, I, you know, I was able to still have dialogues with people, but you know, pandemic happened. Um, my faith was obviously impacted because we're not able to go to church anymore. Um, but we're also, you know, we're dealing with um, Breonna Taylor, Maude Arbery, George Floyd. And for me, as a disciple of Christ, I felt like, you know, I had, a spiritual obligation to speak to at least what's happening in the world because I felt like in a lot of ways the American church was asleep at the wheel. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you want to complain about being like woke theology? That's fine. Just don't be narcoleptic in the spirit. That's just me. So I felt like <laughs> I felt like personally I had to lend my voice to some degree. 
Um, and here we are as far as like just, you know, not only aiming to humanize other than otherized people, just being able to break bread with people and eventually bake it with people at the end of the day. Um, and, you know, recognize that we're not able to stand together as people without being able to sit down together as people and have a dialogue. Um, and I just think it's just super important to be able to just get to know where somebody's been before you judge them for where they're standing and where they might be going in life. So I just, I like to give this opportunity and preface that for everybody before we, you know, go forward mm -hmm. this evening. So, you know, my brother, if you can go back, as far back as you can remember to a, the development of a young Joe Johnson, um, the screen is yours. <clears throat> The development of a young Joe Johnson. Huh. Man. Now, when you say development, you mean like, you know, well, I mean, up. If, you, if you, I mean, if you want to kick it, if you want to kick it, kick, kick it straight, like you could really just, see, I can, I can try to find the theme music for this show. And then like, you could just like talk about, um, how your story, your life got turned upside down, but really just like, okay, you're, yeah. beginning, you're beginning, okay. right? You're, all right, bet. Yeah, so like I said, man, you know, I grew up in the church. Like, that's all I knew. It was church every day, uh, <laughs> pretty much all week. And what's crazy was the church that uh, I, I'm i still a part of. Um, it's, it's a global, we got a, a global network, pretty much. Our headquarters is in Chicago. Um, and uh, my apostle, uh, rest in peace, Apostle Clifford E. Turner, you know, he he started a church in Chicago <clears throat> and then later, you know, God, you know, led him to branch out and plant other churches. So we have a ministry in Orlando um, and that's pretty much how, you know, my parents ended up in Florida. So we have a church in Orlando. We got one here in Philly. That's another reason why I'm here in Philly. Uh, my pastor here in Philly, I've actually known since I was a kid. So him and my parents are like really, really close. They grew up in the ministry together. We got churches all over. Um, so, you know, I grew up in that. Uh, that's all I knew. Fast forward, we moved to Florida and it's still the same story. But now, you know, I graduate um, high school and now this is where I'm exposed to like the world. You know what I'm saying? Like I was pretty much sheltered, you know, my whole life growing up. I didn't really start listening to secular music <laughs> until I, I moved out. Um, and like, you know, went to the army, like we would sneak and listen to secular music or, you know, we would sneak and watch music videos back when music videos was a thing on like BET and MTV or whatever. And uh, I would only know what was on the radio if like we was in the car with somebody or whatever, you know what I'm saying? But like actually owning albums from secular artists that was not allowed at all in my house. Uh, but when I graduated high school, got in the army, man, that's when, you know, was exposed to the world, you know what I'm saying? And I wanted to be considered cool. Like I was bullied growing up, you know what I'm saying? By how I dressed or the way I talked, you know, I was, I was a proper child. <laughs> I was a proper child as people would say. Uh, but when I got in the army, man, I think that's when, you know, I started to kind of like shift from my Christian faith and what I was taught. Now I'm smoking, I'm drinking, you know, doing things that I thought I would, never do in my life. Now, I, to glory be to God, the Lord kept me, you know, I, I remained a virgin until I got married, praise God. 
But like all the other stuff, you know, I was, you know, like I said, smoking, drinking, partying, doing all types of stuff. Then when I came home from the army, now I'm in college, I got my own place. So I got a little bit more freedom. And now, you know, the partying and the drinking is becoming more and more frequent. You know what I'm saying? Like to the point where I would like literally drink myself to sleep and then wake up to like an upheaval in my, my apartment. Like, you know, I'm talking stuff just thrown in the shambles. Like I was, I was, I was in a bad place, man. Um, and then, you know, things just started happening, you know, mentally, like, so to go back, my mom passed away when I was three, my, my biological mother passed away when I was three, uh, you know, and I would have dreams of that moment, you know what I'm saying? Even now in my adulthood, like I remember that vividly. So I'm in college and now I'm like battling with depression and low self-esteem, um, <clears throat> man. And I, I feel like we cool. Like I, I don't got to, I don't got to hide nothing, man. I was addicted to pornography for a very, very long time, bro. Like a long time. You know what I'm saying? Like I would go, it would be like, I had to do it in order to just function as a human being. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and I don't know if I, anybody know, but I started to do studies on the effects of that and what it does to the human brain, bro. And that's it, like, they, they have documented studies that prove that constant pornography consumption rewires your prefrontal cortex and then causes like extreme depression. So I suffer, I suffer from depression heavy and the alcohol didn't help at all. Contemplated suicide multiple times, man. Uh, just, I just, I just wanted to go like checked out of my church. I stopped going, you know what I'm saying? Uh, now I'm getting consumed in like school and just drinking and wanting to be, you know, with the crowd, wanting to be with everybody. I just, I don't want nothing to do with church or God. I just want to be out here doing my thing. Uh, that's like 2012, 2013, man. No, by 2000, yeah, 2012, 2011. Um, 2011, I go to con our convocation, which is like a church function we have with, with our church. All the churches come together every year in August. And, uh, you know, we convene for like a weekend of just prayer, uh, teachings, meetings, and, you know, we have fun too. Uh, so that weekend, man, one of the weekends we were playing basketball and uh, a three on three tournament. And um, I saw this young lady playing ball. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't say nothing to her, nothing like that. I just seen her. I was like, yo, she, she cute, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I didn't say nothing to her. After that meeting, I, I, I ain't gonna, I ain't gonna hold you. I stalked her on, on Facebook for like a year. Uh, is, it, is it a certain somebody we know in the comment section or like? Oh yeah, that's, that's my now my now she's my wife. Hey, but yo. I, I stalked, I stalked her man for like a year, and finally, you know, her cousin. Um, now we okay, cousin, so we got we got to clarify what we mean when we mean stalk. Like you shot your okay, shot. So like, you, you tried to be now friendly with her. Or like, yeah, we I, talked, her, like I sent her a friend request. Okay. You know what I'm saying? She accepted it, you know, and I would send messages here and there, you know, like, hey, how you doing? Blah, blah, blah. You know what I'm saying? And she's like, who is this dude? Blah, you know, but she would respond and stuff like that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, you know, I, I, I was changed that from stalking to pursued her. I pursued her. 
Okay, look, bro. I had to ask, man, because I don't know if you ever seen the show on Netflix called You. Like that stuff. I wasn't that Joe. I wasn't that this, Joe. Yeah, this, yeah, that's why I was getting a little concerned. I was like, Joe. No, Joe, not not that not Joe. Me. Not that Joe. <laughs> <laughs> Language matters. Continue. Continue. Uh, yeah, we can edit that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got yeah, you. But, yeah, oh, but not man. so. So yeah, so you know, we were talking on Facebook for like a year or whatever. Uh, finally, you know, her cousin was like, "Man, if this dude keep hitting you up, blah blah blah, after a year, you know, give her a, uh, give him your number." So you know, we exchanged numbers and then we started talking on the phone. One thing led to another, man. Like, you know, she really, uh, God used her to like really encourage me, bro. <clears throat> and we weren't even dating; we were just friends. God, but God used her to like encourage me, you know, because like I would literally like cry myself to sleep some nights. I would drink myself to sleep because I was just depressed. You know, I was lonely. I had got evicted. My car got repossessed. Like I was going through, bro, a broke black man <laughs> in America. And I think at the time, Trayvon had just got killed too. So, you know, I'm processing that. Like, man, this stuff is real. You know what I'm saying? But God used her to like encourage me. Um, <clears throat> and, you know, she kind of like pulled me out of that pit. You know, I was still going through or whatever. Uh, but yeah, so we talked for an, like another year and then we started dating. And then I was like, yo, like, I don't think I could see myself living without her, you know? And as crazy as that sound, man, like in December of this year, it'll be eight years married for, for, for the both of us. Uh, praise God to that. So you know, I graduated college um, October 31st, 2014. I was on a plane to Philly November 1st, 2014. I was not playing games, bro. I gave away everything that I couldn't carry on a plane. So my, my bed, my dressers, all my furniture, my TV. I, I just told my roommates, y'all can have it. Do whatever y'all want to do with it. I packed my, my army backpack. Literally, there's a backpack. This is the backpack <laughs> that I came to Philly with, bro. That this is all I brought to Philadelphia, man. Like, and the shoes I had, and the clothes Dude, what, what, that I had. Uh, what did uh? I'm trying to think of who. I'm trying to think of what what sports team it was. It was um. I think it was Pat. Was it Pat Riley? I think it was. He was like, we only taking one pair of clothes. We oh not, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? We only taking one. We only taking one pair. Yeah. I think it was Pat Riley, if I'm not mistaken. But he was like, I, want to see he was that like was I think so. And you were like, nah, there's no backup plan. Like, we coming out here to there's get no this. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, pretty, that's pretty much what it was. There, there was no going back after that. You know what I'm saying? Um, and, you know, yeah, God, when I got here, man, like, God really showed out. Um, I connected with my pastor, man, started going to church, man. And, like, that's when you know, God really began to heal me. And like, I was able to breathe again. I was able to live again, bro. Like, you know, my pastor started speaking into my life, you know, just, uh, you know, like ministering to me, prophesying over me, you know, over my destiny, my wife praying over me. And then like, just connecting with the, the community that we got here uh, in my church, shout out to Liberty Philly West, man. And that's where my love for music came back. Like, so when I got here, 
I like my 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 apostle always say that there is blessings tied to location. When I when I step foot here, like doors started opening, man. Like uh just doors was opening. I didn't get steady income. I didn't get a steady job until like 2015. So I went two years where I was kind of like working under the table. I was working for painters here and there. You know what I'm saying? But God was making ways for me to at least have some some money in my pocket so I can, you know, be, you know, the provider that God called us to be, man. But when I got that call from my current job, like I, I literally like where I was at, where I was painting, I just put the brush down and I cried. I was like, God. I was like, you so faithful. Like <laughs> these three years been crazy, man. But yeah, bro. So all, all that took place like in a short period of time. Um, and that's like where I began to know God for myself. Right. And my dad used to always tell me, son, you're going to have to know God for yourself. And I never understood that. Like, okay. Like no God for myself. And you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, a lot of us, we knew God through our parents' relationship. We didn't experience God, you know, for uh, well, ourselves. Grandparents. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I was going to hell. On, let's just say I was going to hell on the scholarship, and my parents were like the deacon, like the, the deans of the school. I guess I don't know. I mean, like. Okay. <laughs> I got you. I got you. Gotcha. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah, but no, yeah, but okay. So for me, you know what I'm saying, like. You know, I knew God based on my parents' relationship, but it wasn't until I needed God to be a deliverer. It wasn't until I experienced his deliverance. It wasn't until I experienced provision where I was like, yo, okay, cool. God is real. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I know God is real. Like, if anybody tell me God isn't real, they'd be like, yo, I know God is real because of the many times that he showed us. So I'll tell you this real quick story. I wish I had the picture we could put up on the screen. I'll send it to you later so you know, man, I'm not capping. So when I was living in Florida, I was working for this lawn service company, right? It's called uh, 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 Scott's Lawn Service. It's like True Green, fertilizer, all that. I was making really, I was making good money. I was making decent money for a 19-year-old at the time. <clears throat> and uh, anybody been to Florida, man, it's hot. It's hot. It's hot in Florida. So this one particular day, right? And this is in my rebellion phase. You know what I'm saying? Like, I got this little girlfriend. I think I'm in love. That's what I thought I was. I thought I thought I was in love. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, I'm going to church, but I'm really not living for the Lord. I'm, I'm just here because my I'm living in my parents' house and I got to go. Uh, but I'm working for this company. And one day I'm driving home from work. It's the end of my shift. I'm driving back to the shop to pick up my car because I had to drop the truck off. And uh, my mom was out of town and she called me and we talked and she's like, uh, you know, you know, she was out of town. I think she's at a family member's funeral, whatever. We're talking, we're talking. Before she hung up, she was like, I love you. Drive safe. You know what I'm saying? And that's my mom. That's my mom. Love you, mom. <laughs> so, um, uh, so I'm driving, man, on this road, and I'm like in the middle of nowhere, long stretch, two lane road, and I fall asleep behind the wheel. I'm driving like 60 miles an hour. I fall asleep, <clears throat> and uh, the the truck, man. All I know is I woke up, and I'm like, I'm like coasting on off the side, off the shoulder. I'm in the grass now, and I'm I'm about to like collide head on with one of the barriers. 
So instead of like slowing down, I tried to get back on the road, which you're not supposed to do. You're supposed to slow down because you will overcompensate. And that's exactly what I did. I overcompensated. My head hit the side of the, uh, the window and I passed out <clears throat> and my truck flipped. I only know how many times my truck flipped because somebody down the road who was leaving work at a jail, he said he saw me uh, and he said the truck flipped like five times. And uh, he said that when he was coming to the scene, he knew for sure that he was about to see a dead body. He, he said the whole time he was driving down, he was preparing himself and not just, a, just not just to see a dead body, but a mangled body. Right. So um, I wake up and I'm sitting in the driver's seat of this truck. Seatbelt is still attached, bro. I, and I will send you the picture later when I find it, but I'm sitting in the, in the driver's seat. The seatbelt is still engaged. My, the driver door is hanging off of the truck the top of the truck is gone the side like there was a passenger seat right the back is gone because it was like a uh it was like one of them azusa if you're familiar with the azusa the old school azusa trucks it had like a little back almost like a flatbed but it was enclosed because that's where the, the liquid fertilizer was all that was gone the toe off the front was mangled, bro. Like the the windshield was gone. I was I looked around. Now I'm in shock. Like I'm 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 I haven't processed what what happened. But I'm looking at all this. I take the seatbelt off. I get off, and the first thing that's running through my mind is where's my wallet and my cell phone. <laughs> and uh, the 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 um, the CEO at this jail he pulls up, and uh, he saw me because like the dust is still clearing. It's like the sun is just beaming down, dust is clearing. And then he sees me come out the dust and he freaks out. He's like, holy, he was like, what the dude? He was like, oh my God. He was like, he was like, you're alive. And I'm like, bro, help me find my wallet. And he like, he was like, you're <laughs> he going off. Yo, like, can I, I don't care. Can I say something that some reason go and right now all of our, our black women are probably looking at this like, what is wrong? Let me tell you something. Because of, and maybe this is a form of the PTSD. When we go through like earth shattering stuff, we're just trying to make sure like things are intact. Like I'm not even kidding. Let me tell you something real quick. A week before Christmas in 2017, I, um, there was a fire in my apartment building. I was asleep. I happened to be off that day. And somebody in the other unit like decided, you know what? I'm canceling Christmas on everybody. You know what I'm saying? And he decides to, yo, yo, he decides to just set fire to the land. And by the land, I mean his apartment. And then it just spread throughout the building. Yo, my next door neighbor was just like, they were like, Casper, Casper, the effing building's on fire. Bro, let me tell you something. If I, let me tell you, if like, you know, there was two black men that grew wings. Michael Jordan and this kid. You know what I'm saying? I flew down the stairs of this apartment building. I was wearing sweats, some white Nike socks, and a thermal shirt. I see the fireman outside, and he like, he's like, oh my God, you okay? He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Three seconds, five seconds. 
Hey, you think if I could go back in there real quick? I left my cell phone in there and maybe grab a pair of kicks. And this man like, was what? looking at me like, mother, what do you mean? Can you grab some shoes? I'm like, bruh, like, first off, it's it's winter out here, okay? Um, right. As you can see, I'm a little inconvenienced because obviously I just ran out of a burning building. I was wondering, you know, I ain't get burned. Ain't no fire in my unit just yet. Can I go get my, <laughs> my shoes my just yet? Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So, like, anybody that's watching this and is going, like, why on earth would you even be remotely? It's like, bro, I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know. But I know that that's a thing. Like, it just is. But my, continue, my, continue, my brother. My apologies. My apologies. Uh, no worries. No worries. No worries at all. I don't know. Somebody calling me. They done messed up my camera situation, but we good. Uh, so, so, yeah. So, um. Yeah, so he's like, yo, dude, like, blah, blah, blah. He was like, sit the, he was like, sit the F down, yada, yada, yada. And I'm like, all right, cool. So uh, so I sit down, you know, my adrenaline is through the roof. My blood pressure is like going crazy. I can feel my heart. Like, I, I thought my heart was literally about to just burst out my chest, man. And it's hot. You know what I'm saying? And then I noticed that, you know, my head is is bleeding. I'm like, I'm I'm like leaking. So, um, like it's a little cut, you know what I'm saying? Uh, still on my head to remind me, and I got one on my hand, like a little. Also, cut, you know, when you say little, like now we talk. No, about I mean like I'm dead serious, like a little, little cut, like the the joint on my hand. I don't know if anybody can see that, man, but this right here, eh, we're trying to get. Let me put. Let me, let me blow you up a little. There we bit. go. Okay, that, that right there, that that's little. That's all. That only scar that I had from 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 that man. Uh, I've just, then, learned, like, I've just come to learn that, like, I've just come to learn that men tend to like minimize like what happened. Like, I met, I have a, I have a homeboy <laughs> that got shot in the femur bone and broke his femur bone. He's like, oh, you know, I got grazed. I was like, grazed? Like, that's the biggest bone in your body. What you mean, son? Like, grazed. Right. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, so yeah. So I'm, I'm bleeding, and uh, I asked the guy. I'm like, yo, you got like galls or anything? And he like, I oh, I don't get my first aid kit. And I'm mad. I'm like, how you a cop and you ain't got no first aid kit <laughs> in your car? Like, you first responder, supposed to have a first aid kit. He was like, bro, I'm sorry, blah, blah, blah. So then he goes and like he pulls out his fresh, uh, his fresh shirt that he just got from the cleaners. And he was like, all right, uh, this clean, I just picked it up from the cleaners. Uh, here we go. We can stop the bleeding that way. You know, so he applied that, but we'll have to bam. So after like I settled down and I looked back and I saw the truck, I was like, yo, I just climbed out of that. You know what I'm saying? I was like, wow. And I was like, God spare my life. And they took me to the hospital, you know, cause obviously working for a company, you got to provide drug tests and all that. Um, and then plus they wanted to give me something to calm my blood pressure. Cause they thought I was about to you know, code or whatever. Um, so we go to the hospital, get that taken care of. My dad comes to pick me up. And like the only thing that he could base, you know, how bad the the, the, the accident was, because he hadn't seen it yet, was, um, you know, my shirt being, you know, with the blood. And I was like, yeah, I just had a cut on my arm and my head, blah, blah, blah. He was like, oh, okay, cool. You know what I'm saying? But then when we got the pictures and I showed him, like my dad whole countenance changed like oh snap like at that point he realized like dang i almost lost my son you know what i'm saying and uh that moment right there 
like you know i, I tell people there's like oh man you got lucky and i'm like nah like this ain't luck because like you know people I, I done seen accidents like this and you know all the officers and everybody that was on scene they was like man we come to accidents like this all the time and they're like nine times out of ten you know it, it's always fatal you know what i'm saying and every last one of them was like you got angels bro and like all of them just walking away you know they'll drop the bomb be like you got angels like my boss went and he and he's like he's on the phone with us i'm at the hospital and he's pulling up to the scene and he was like nah i don't see it i don't see it then he goes holy <laughs> he was like are you sure that's joe johnson he was like are you sure my my manager was like yeah that's that's joe in the flesh i'm looking at him right now and he was like you got angels bro he was like i don't know what it is but you supposed to be doing something on this earth. <laughs> like he was like, you got angels because you still here. And man, like, you know, that's my reminder, you know, like, you know, if I start veering off or whatever, or if I start forgetting, you know, what God did for me, that's my reminder, man, that God spared my life. He gave me a second chance that day because I kid you not. I knew for a fact if I had died, I would have went to hell that day. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was no question about it. I would have went to hell that day, man. And, you know, I repented. I, you know, literally, like, I had a moment where I just had to repent because I couldn't do nothing but, like, lay down. My body was, like, a mess. Um, but, yeah, man, God kept me. So, like, you know, if anybody try to discredit God for me, I got the, I got the experience. You know what I'm saying? To prove, like, eh, I, I done been through a lot of crazy stuff in my life, man, and God continuously... Uh, came through. So that's like, you know, the origins of Joe and I guess, you know, into the man uh, that I am today, bro. It's, and there's a lot more that took place in between, you know, me meeting my wife um, and like being in college, you know, like you said, I, he was like, you can go Pentecostal, but I don't want to be long with it. You know, I want to get you get your questions off. <clears throat> Gotcha, gotcha. All good, man. All good. Like, you know, at the end of the day, like we sharing the space together, so it's not really no no biggie. And trust me, I'm I'm I, I'm saved enough where like I'm patient, but I'm also I also didn't get saved till I was nineteen. So if I'm impatient, I'll be like, look, bro, like look, did you just <laughs> did you want me to just leave? Like, cause I you're you're more than fine. And I have said that to people on air, off air, through this little chat. I'm like, hey, can you politely shut up? Um, so I can like <laughs> so we can have a conversation. You're more than fine. Oh, wow. All good. I found, All good. I, found, I found a picture too. Nice, nice. Well you'll have to you have to see it, send it to me so I can try to I can even ping it up or even when I do like clips of this, I can like throw it on there to kind of give like paint a picture for people. But yeah, that won't be an issue, dog. Yeah. Um but Am I able to share my screen real quick to show the people? Uh, possibly. Um, I we'll, this I'll, do this. We'll, I'll do this. Um, I I'll send it to you later. Then you can, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can do this. We can do this later, just so we can like I can. I know you know a little bit about around the, the computer. We can even do a little P and P where like it literally like if, if needed be where we could show it in the little corner to kind of paint a picture. I got you, dog. I got you. I got you. Got you, got you. Uh, hey, uh, everybody in the comment section is like, what are these fools talking? What is PNP? That didn't... Like, <laughs> don't worry. Sister Aud Audrey, Sister Audrey, it's yeah. all right. We, we talking... We, it's you got it right. yeah. we talking nerdy. That's it. Um, but yeah, um, one thing I am curious about... Um, see, this is PNP. See that little box? See, see where the right black man the is? 
This is the PNP. This, this, this is the PNP. Hold it down. Um, anyway, so, but one thing that I am curious about um, while going through all of this is, can you speak to at least, you did say that after that experience in which that, I would say, very traumatic experience that you, like, your faith was transformed to some degree. Um, like, if you could kind of, like, very, very briefly, if you could speak to, like, the dichotomy of, like, what it was like pre-accident to like after accident like what did you notice as far as like a difference i would say like even like your sensitivity to the spirit um you know being able to like recognize god um in almost everyday life because i know for me from i don't know if you've seen this on my channel before like you know i've had a heart attack as early as 22 and like you know after like you know literally cheating death it's just like mm, all right, well, I clearly know God is here because the devil almost pimp slapped me. Like, <laughs> not even, almost, like, it, it got got away, you know what I'm saying? But, um, so, like, I'm asking, like, after, like, I would say almost facing death or, like, getting very, very close to death, were you able to notice the difference between God's presence in your life before and after, and what did that look like for you? Uh, <clears throat> now, I will say that, you know, like people's uh, conversion and sanctification is, is still a process, right? Um, so even after, you know, that uh, that incident, that accident, I would say maybe like for a year, you know, I was on, I was trying to be on fire for God. <clears throat> you know, I wanted to just be immersed in everything God like, you know, so I started reading my Bible more. Um, started praying more and things of that nature. But then I think, cause that was prior to me going to college. Um, and the, the year after is when I went to college. So, so I was up and then I went back down, you know what I'm saying? Um, and when I went back down, we had an event at my church in Orlando, uh, which the pastor called an encounter. Right. And it was a weekend where we like went to this whole camp, we couldn't take our phones. We had no access to technology or anything like that. And I remember the first night, and this is when like things really shifted for me in my faith and like recognizing um, the presence of God and like actually hearing him and actually, uh, actually feeling his forgiveness, right? Feeling that, you know, Jesus died for my sins and the stuff that I've been carrying like the guilt, the things that I blame myself for, all the stuff that I have been carrying, I don't got to carry no more because he nailed it to the cross. So we're at this encounter. The first night, they show a clip of uh, from the Passion of the Christ, man. And that's like one of them one and done movies for me, like uh, one and done. I saw it, boom, I need to see it again. Um, but they showed a clip from that and then they did like a little brief teaching afterwards, right? Then they passed out this, this sheet of paper. And on this uh, sheet of paper was like a list of all these different type of sins that you probably could have ever done. I'm talking like it's it's vivid, like it's vivid. And they're like, check it off. Be honest, check it off. Boom. So, you know, I'm going through the list. I'm checking it off. I'm like, all right, cool. Pornography, you know, cursing, lying. All right, cool. Boom, boom. We're checking off the boxes, right? And then we had an exercise where they brought in a cross that they had built. And they had nails and a hammer, and it was like, take yours and nail it to the cross. So I 
took mine, nailed it to the cross, <clears throat> and then that was it. That's the end of the first night. We go to sleep. The next day, we come back, same room. They bring out that same cross. And then, you know, they teach about forgiveness and how God doesn't remember our sins as far as the east is from the west. You know, he throws our sins into the sea of forgetfulness and things of that nature. And then they're like, you know, uh, when you are free from something, it's it's it, you're free to talk about it. You have no shame to talk about it. So that's when the room gets quiet. We like, oh snap! They about to make us read off our, our our sins or whatever. Like what we checked off on the box. But so they was like, who want to go first? And they, you know, room full of dudes. You know, what I'm saying we look around, see who gonna go first. So I was like, all right, I, I I got it. I go first. So I go first, right? I go up there. I knew exactly where I pinned mine at. I remember. So I took it down and uh, they was like, all right, so you got to open it up and read it. So I'm about to open it up and read it. And he's like, wait a second, we got to preference this, right? So he's like, so no matter what Joe reads off, we still going to love him, right? And everybody like, yeah. And so at this point, I'm like getting nervous, like, dang, do I really want to want to blast my stuff out? Yeah, <laughs> it's like, it's like what the, first off, bro, why do you have to go and like, this might be really bad. Like, yeah, like. <laughs> Like, I like, so I, I thought I might want to take some of the stuff to the grave. Like, so yeah. uh, now I'm like getting nervous, my, my throat getting clammy. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I'm on water now. Um, so then he like, no, so then he, he, he goes, So no matter what, we still gonna love him, we're not gonna judge him, right? And everybody's like, That's right. So I'm like, Dang. So then he asked me, He was like, All right, go ahead, open it up and read it. So I'm like, Shoot. So I'm like, fumbling it. And then I opened it up, right? Unfolded it, opened it up, man. It's a blank white sheet of paper, bro. It's a blank white sheet of paper, man. And uh, so I'm like, it's blank. And he was like, oh, okay, cool. And then he was like, he was like, do this. He was like, hold it up to the light. So I held it up to the light and then magic marker, it said, you're forgiven. Bro, I've never felt the presence of God so heavy before my life until that moment like it hit me and i had like this this crazy joy that i never experienced before right so i like laugh and i was like dang i'm forgiven so then you know everybody started clapping or whatever so now everybody comfortable to go up there and read it because they know they don't gotta read it but then i go sit down and bro, when I sat down and I sat with that piece of paper and I looked at it and I I held it up again and just saw in that magic marker, forgiven, bro, like the Holy Spirit came over me, something crazy, man. And I just sat in that chair and I wept like a baby, bro. Like I wept like a complete baby in that chair. Like I ain't never cried like that before. I, I you know, I'm sensitive. And I, I let I let some tears go. But that day, I let tears go. God healed me that day. And from that day, that was uh, January, no, February 2013. I will remember that day. I will remember that moment until the Lord come and get us. That was the moment where God, like God, what Jesus did for me, that moment that that's when it all came alive to me and i was like all right god i'm all in like i am all in for you and that's just been my trajectory 
since that day. You know what I'm saying? Have I had like ups and downs and moments? Yeah, I have been. But now, like I'm on this path where, like, like, like Paul said, I will let nothing separate me from the love of God, and that's just where I've been at. You know what I'm saying? Nothing that's going on in this world. Um, you know, nothing that's going on and the things that I'm dealing with, nothing like that. You know, that you could throw anything at me, man, but I'm I'm just focused on him. And uh man, like that that day, that that moment changed my life. <laughs> like even thinking about it now, you know what I'm saying? Cause I ain't trying to get teary out on this podcast. These people don't know me, so I'm trying to make a good impression. <laughs> but but yeah, man, like that that oh, that bro, moment. Look here, man. I you know how Drake got certified lover boy. I am sanctified. I'm a sanctified sad boy. I cry all the time <laughs> on <laughs> here. I don't like in you know what I'm saying? And, like I say something to that real quick, because I don't really I, I try to like break the stigma of like people feeling like especially for men that they don't need to shed their tears or they need to halt their tears. Do you know that? Do you know that? Um, what class of people are more likely to get pink eye than anybody other? Anybody else? What class of men? No. Like what? Like what group of like people are more likely to get pink eye than anybody else? Us. Black men, Black men? because you know your tears have sodium in it and it flushes your eyes out and it cleanses your eyes. And you know us being taught very very early. Don't cry. You don't need to cry. Cry, that that shows weakness and stuff. So for me, like, you know, if me being weak means I don't got to be sick. Shoot, let me tell you something. Right, right. I put, I'll, throw on some Keisha, I'll, I'll throw on some Keisha Cole on a rainy day with some chicken wings. Ain't nobody going to tell me nothing. I ain't going to feel bad or ashamed. You know what I'm saying? Blood was shed, so my tears going to shed. Yeah. How about that? So, <laughs> all good, brother. You all good. You all good. That's yeah, man, that was a uh, that was an awesome moment for me, and that's when you know every like everything changed. Like you know, my faith in God um, grew. You know what I'm saying? Um, and then when I moved here, man, and just got plugged in with like my pastor's teachings and you know like the development stuff that he's been um, you know sending us through. It's like man, like looking at my looking at where I'm at now. And this is not to boast in me, but I only boast in God. Like looking at where I'm at now, like physically, mentally, um, emotionally, spiritually, and financially is like night and day compared to the 2011 Joe that that was in that car accident. You know what I'm saying? Or the 2012 Joe that was thinking about committing suicide and drinking all night. You know what I'm saying? Or the 2013 Joe that was struggling with his identity, you know, as a man, um, whether or not, you know, I could measure up to, you know, the type of man that I thought I was supposed to be, you know what I'm saying? It's night and day, man. And that's only because of the grace of God, you know, keeping me. Um, and, you know, I, I feel like those things that I went through, you know, like we know that our trials and tribulations, they make us strong. And it's also for us, like when we get free and when we get healed to go back and then fish for those people who are, who are, who are what we were, you know what I'm saying? Um, so, you know, like my pastor always say, you can't heal what you don't feel. So you can't speak to somebody's situation if you've never experienced that situation and uh, uh, gained the victory 
over that, man. So I just thank God for, you know, his grace and his mercy for keeping me through those those times and those moments um, of just, you know, the low points in my life and even that near death experience, you know, and then just having patience with me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Even after that, he's like, all right, one of these days, this knucklehead going to get it, you know, and and I think that's what's so awesome about God is because, you know, the book of our lives is written and he knows he see it, you know what I'm saying? Because he he read it, he wrote, wrote it out, you know, for all of us. And he knows where we're going to be and what we're supposed to be doing ministry wise or in music or whatever fashion of arts you're in, you know, like we all aren't called to the pulpit, but you know, we do have a voice in this world where he places us at. He knows, you know what I'm saying? Where he's going to, how we're going to get there. And he sees it. He's just patient because he knows that at some point this dude's going to get it. And you know what I'm saying? I got it in 2013. And uh, I'm just, you know, just super grateful for that. One thing I'm curious about, um, cause I, you know, I've, I've gotten acquainted with um, your music through the years. Uh, can you speak to like, I guess like one, I'm curious to how you said that you've had like some sense of a relationship when it came, I would say like a interest in music for most of your life. Um, one, mm-hmm. I'm always curious about this when I meet a fellow like lyricist or I meet a fellow musician. Um, what made you, like, what was the moment that you, I guess you caught like the, the creative bug or the musician bug? And also how, I guess like, how does it feel to know that like you use your gift to, I would say yield to the spirit opposed to, we'll even go as far as saying yielding to the, yielding to like everything, everything outside of the Holy Spirit. Like, what does it feel like to utilize your gift and yield it to the Holy Spirit opposed to everything else for yourself? Gotcha. Uh, So I would say the moment where I caught the musician bug was, I would say like I was probably eight, you know what I'm saying? And my mom can, can attest to this, but man, I would uh like, I was to the point where I didn't have instrumentals or nothing like that growing up, but I would hear like beats. I would hear melodies in my head and I would write, I would just write, I would write songs. I didn't know anything about song structure. You know what I'm saying? I couldn't count bars and nothing like that, but I, I would write verses. I would write hooks and I, I had a notebook full of songs and I was like, man, when I get older, I'm going to find somebody that could, you know, turn these melodies that I hear in my head into music or whatever and create something from this. Like I would tell myself that and I would have like balled up pieces of paper under my bed for days, like just like, oh, man, that didn't sound right. That that wasn't a cool word, blah, blah, blah. Uh, But yeah, man, like I grew like I said, I grew up. My dad would listen to um, Christian rappers like. Uh, Dynamic Twins and Idol King um, and SFC, Soldiers for Christ, right? Uh, Those were the people that I grew up listening to. And then, you know, when I started hanging around my cousins, they introduced me to cross movements. And when I got introduced to cross movements, they was doing Christian hip hop on like a whole new scale. And like, you know, shout out to the pioneers before cross movement. But when cross movement hit the scene, they took that like, to a whole nother level. I'm talking like with major distribution, their music was getting played on like 106 and Park and things like that. And I was like, yo, 
cross movement is like crazy. And like I, I fell in love with cross movement. And it's crazy that now I live I live in a city that birth cross movement like it's, it's it's crazy how that stuff comes full circle but i fell in love with cross movement man and i remember listening to uh their album uh uh the, the holy culture right and i was like yo this is crazy because like not only was like the beats ridiculous but like the way they would rap about scripture was like unbelievable it wasn't corny at all like it was clever the way they would rap about the bible and then um ambassador drops uh shout out out, out of city um uh, ambassador drops uh, um dang what's that album man it's my all-time favorite christian hip-hop album man uh in layman's turn christology in layman's terms he drops that i'm happy he has that a- because like he I said, a, I, was hell, I was going to hell on scholarship. Yeah. I, don't, I do not know either. I'm being honest with you. <laughs> but yeah, no. So he drops uh, Christology in layman's terms, and he has a song on there called uh, "He Had a Song on There Called uh, uh, The World." And he's like, "I used to date a girl named World. Sis was real glamorous, arrayed in diamonds and pearls. But now I got a new best friend. Cause the world will leave you dry and watch you die in the end." And I'm like, "Yo, this." This is crazy, and like, man, that album was before his time. It's still, I, I still crack that every now and then. Um, but yeah, so like listening to those individuals, right? And I'm like, man, like Christian hip hop is really dope. You know what I'm saying? Then I get older, you know what I'm saying? The truth starts coming out, and like, you know what I'm saying? I'm huge the truth fan. Uh, then Reach Records comes Lecrae at the time it's Lecrae, Trip Lee, and Tadashi. Then it grows to Derek Minor, Show Baraka, Andy Minio, all those guys. Rest in peace, uh, DJ Official. All those dudes, man. Like, I'm just, I like, I bought every, like, I wish I still had the, the physicals, but when I moved, a lot of stuff got lost. But I bought every Lecrae album on CD. I bought every Trip Lee album on CD. I bought every The Truth album. <laughs> on CD. I had Christian hip hop CDs for days, man. And I would just I would just soak that that stuff in. That's all I was listening to. And my 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 parents thought like I was listening to like cult music because I just walk around with my headphones on all day and they'd be like, what is you listening to? Oh, I'm listening to after the music stopped by Lecrae, blah blah blah. You know? And like I would get nervous because like Lecrae after the music stopped. It was him. He had a red hat on. It was cocked to the side, and he had a piece of tape on his mouth. And I'm like, dang, I don't know how they're gonna think about this imagery. Like, who is this Lecrae? Blah blah blah. You know. <laughs> uh, but then when I let them listen to it, they're like, okay, this is cool. You know. So, boom. I told myself like that's what I want to do. Uh, now that rhyme book that I had, I ended up losing it, and I got discouraged. And I'm like, oh man, all the songs that I wrote, I don't got no more. Um, and then I get I get discouraged and then I stop writing. I'm like 10 years, 10, 11, 12 years old. I stopped writing. Fast forward, man. Uh now I'm in the army and now I got like access to money. So I'm like, boom, I'm gonna buy a microphone and we're gonna start trying to do this again. And this is when SoundClick is popping off. So people are putting out SoundClick beats, right? So I'm downloading these beats. Excuse me, and now I'm trying to write. Uh, I'm trying to write for God, but I'm not living for God. <clears throat> That's a bar right there. 
That's what I think Loso said that I write for God because I'm right with God or something like that. But anyways, um, you know, um, I'm, I'm, I think he said before I could write with God, I had to get right with God, something along those yeah, lines. But yeah, 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 I feel you. I feel you. I feel you. Um. So yeah. So so that's going on. Um. You know. So I'm in the army trying to make music, but it's still not hitting. And I think God was like putting a hold on me. It's like, I am not. Yeah, that song. Uh, <laughs> my mom just said, uh, there's a song by Idol King. There ain't nothing in hell I want. The devil tried to take me, but I tell him I won't do anything or nothing to come up short. Ain't nothing in hell I want. <laughs> that was my jam. Um, but yeah, so, you know. Uh, I don't think God was going to allow me to like take off with music until I really like surrendered to him. Uh, and like when it, when my music shifted is when I moved here in 2014 and like I really surrendered to God, you know, I surrendered uh, to my pastor's teachings and things like that and uh, just started growing in the word. That's when I, I wrote like my, I wrote and recorded my first song, which is Salvation, which you can't hear nowhere because I took it down because the, the quality was trash. Praise God. But when I performed it, it was fire. And... <laughs> I'm sorry. I just, I've been there. I've been. I got some. Man, I, let, me see, let me see. This will let you know how seasoned I am. Audacity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's exactly, that's exactly where I recorded that. Uh, <laughs> That, that song on, on audacity <laughs> you couldn't mix nothing on that thing it was like at all oh my god ah oh, you were better off using mario maker to make a beat like good right. god <laughs> and uh and i and i used i used a um i used a, a usb microphone at that that was before I, anybody oh, had told no. me, was like, See, let me i was worse than that i used like a, a karaoke mic like a 3.5 millimeter mic and I just plugged that thing into the computer and I just went off. Like I just... Yeah, like, because this is the mic. Like, this is the first mic my my wife bought me right here. This USB mic, man. It's a it's a UM3PKG Technical Pro. And this thing right here, I recorded my first song on this. And the quality was tr Joe Button trash. It's trash. But the song, like, the, the lyrics, the messaging was was amazing and my pastor he was like yo i did not know that you could rap he was like i did not know and i he was like what, what, what else is inside of you or whatever so like <laughs> i just went through a phase where you know i was just creating and creating and creating but the quality wasn't there so you know when you excited you you know you start putting that stuff out prematurely or whatever so a lot of my early music man like it was coming from a good place but just that it, the quality wasn't there man the quality was not there at all uh so i took a lot of that stuff down and i deleted it you know so you can't find it if you try to go find it you'll never find it <laughs> at all um but yeah so then fast forward like 2016 i think at this time this is when ruslan started doing fan love Tuesdays. It was on Tuesday before he moved it to Friday. Um, and this is where, you know, I started to meet cats like Trutha, uh, which th there's a there's a story behind that too, how I actually know Trutha from my childhood. Like we grew up on the same block in Chicago. Um, I went to school with his brother. Um, 
but yeah, that's how I met Truther, you know what I'm saying? And I was sending my music to Ruslan and he would, you know, critique it or whatever, give me pointers and I'd go back and do it and then come back and he'd be like, yo, this is really good. You know, so I started building that way, you know what I'm saying? Like actually building the quality, like the, the writing was there, um, which I've gotten better. Uh, and I always had a love for like production. Like my beat selections were f- always fire. Everybody would say like, yo, you picked the dopest beats. It's just that you got to work on your cadence. You got to work on your delivery. Shout out to my wife too, who is my like executive producer slash A&R who, you know, she get me right every time. Man, I try to put out <laughs> Let me tell you something. Ain't nothing like, so my, 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 my lady, she, okay. So she, she grew up with white people, right? If she's watching this, I know <laughs> Ever so good. So like, I'd be like, "What do you think of this?" She's like, "I like it. It sounds good." I'm like, "Yeah, but what? What do I need to do better?" And she's like, "I mean, I don't, I don't." I'm like, "Ah, oh, this." Uh, no, my my wife, uh, she honest, but my wife honest, she'd be like, "This ain't it." This ain't I feel it. like Shorty grew up in like New York, Philly, even like, even like, 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 like. Little Rock, Arkansas. I would have gotten like some honest critique, but I don't know. I think because you think I'm cute, that like it just I don't know. So maybe like if I let myself go, she'll let me know how horrible my music is. Um, but <laughs> is very <laughs> very much needed um, to have somebody yeah. let you know like hey, you know, um, with progression, with you know, with much lessons adds to progression. So yes, absolutely, right. absolutely. Right. Yeah. Y'all think I'm laughing? I'm not. She, I, I, y'all, y'all think I'm laughing? I'm not. Like Shorty didn't know the lyrics to September by Earth, Wind, and Fire. That's not a joke. Pray for her, please. Like we're trying to be calm out of the playlist. <laughs> you calling? You funny, bro. <laughs> uh, yeah, but yeah, like you know, my wife, man, she would critique me in a heartbeat. Uh, so you know, uh, there's a lot of bad stuff that I was about to put out, and she. Stop me, be like, nah, this ain't it. Yeah, you know I mean, you you need uh, you need to work on this. You need to work on that. Uh, so yeah, man. So I started connecting with like Ruslan. Then I started connecting with people in the city. Like I met Q Flow uh, at an open mic one time. Uh, then I started meeting like the people that he was, you know, rocking with locally, like Doc Hero, Atiba, um, uh, Drew Smith. My man, legend. There's so many people here in Philly. Uh, Abel, Rick Harmony. Like I started meeting all those guys, you know. <clears throat> and then fa- even fast forward to to now, you know, the little chat group that we got TLS with Q Flow, man. Like you know, we be bouncing ideas off of each other, and that's how we've been getting better. You know, I think he started that like post pandemic, maybe or e- even like during the pandemic. Um, started that group chat. And yeah, so yeah, over time, man, you know, and then, like I said, like, honestly, like the teachings from my church have really helped me in my creation because now I'm not so quick to put out stuff. Like I literally, and this, this is going to your, your P, the, the, the part of the question where you talked about, um, like doing music with the Holy spirit. Like I literally wait for God to, to give me something. Like I'm not just out, you know, creating just to be creating like the music that I put out, it has, there's a purpose. Like there's a literal purpose behind it. You know, it's either inspired by uh, a sermon that I learned on a Sunday, like uh, maybe a series that my pastor taught. It's either inspired by that 
or even just like the events of of my life like my latest ep i put out candles that whole ep um was pretty much centered around like you know my life during the pandemic uh you know waiting for god to you know move and and do some things in me and my wife's life that we have been waiting for like pretty much it just talks about the wait you know and i wanted to express you know how i have been feeling during the pandemic with waiting on god to bless us with certain things um and then what's funny is fast forward uh like a, a few months my pastor starts talking about the same exact thing. And then I go back and listen to my EP and I'm like, yo, I was ministering this to myself. But, and, and it's like, when you move with the Holy Spirit, that's what I think that's when creation, whatever you create, whether it's t-shirts, music, you know what I'm saying? YouTube videos. Like I was doing YouTube for, for a minute and then I stopped because I didn't just want to be on YouTube because everybody was on YouTube. I wanted to be I want to be on YouTube because the Holy Spirit gave me something to talk about. And now I have substance to talk about. And that's where my music is, too. Like, I don't just want to put out anything just to put it out. Like, I want this to be something that God, you know, and I know I know people in our space, you know, like, oh, they, they feel a, a way when people say God told me to write this album. And it's like, no, legit, like. God told me to, to to write this EP, like, and and then He tells me when to put it out. So I'm sitting on music right now, but I'm just waiting for God to say, "All right, cool. Now it's time to pull the trigger on this single." You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I that is how I literally move now when I when I drop music. Beforehand, I was like loading up the clip, and I'm like, "Boom! You can take this unmixed song. Boom! You can take this unmastered song." <laughs> Things like that. Uh, but now, man, I'm just, you know, oh I just sit God. back, <laughs> you God. know, but and, that, and, yeah. and the worst part, the worst part and the easiest shock to your conscience is if you let a child hear this, like, oh, I like, man. don't sound like it's supposed to be on the radio. Like, it's like, <laughs> not because why it just sound, I, it just sounds, I don't know. It doesn't sound clean. Like it's just clean. You know what clean sounds like as a child? Like, <laughs> so yeah, I definitely get that. I, I'm kind of in that similar season myself where it's like, you know, not so, it's not about the message and the content in itself. Well, I would say like, it's not so much about the context and the message in the music. It's about, if you're going to do it, do it right. You know what I'm saying? I feel like sometimes people think just because we're Christian that we can be mediocre on things. Like, oh, somebody's just going to have to forgive our lack of work ethic because we know Jesus. But Jesus himself is about excellence. So why right. should we not carry ourselves with that same mindset when applying it to other things? And especially if it's things we care about, um, people can tell the difference. You know what I'm saying? So for yeah. sure, for sure. Well, for sure, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's the other thing too. Like a lot of people think that just because uh, you know we Christians or whatever, like we're supposed to accept mediocrity, and it's like, nah, fam. Like God, God care about how you present things, and if you don't think He don't care, look at the story of Cain and Abel. <laughs> like that, that's your that is your example right there. You got one that was like, man, I'm about to give God the best offering, like the best i'm about to go all out you know what i'm saying so if you're thinking about your music man i'm about to have the best production like i'm about to write the best lyrics 
My cadence is going to be on point. This mix is about to be clean as opposed to being a cane and just be like, all right, I got a couple of pigeons. You know what I'm saying? One of them missing a feather. Well, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and, and we see what happened. And now we know that that literal thing is not going to happen. But God rejects things when we present it to him haphazard. And then when you place the, the label of this is gospel or this is Christian behind it, it's going to be like now, now you are a billboard for the church, right? And when we are not producing excellence, no matter what it is, the world is going to be like, uh, I don't want to have nothing to do with the church because, you know, the Bible says that man looks at the outward appearance. He looks at how we present ourselves. If our music is trash, then they probably not going to give God a, a chance because of the way we presented it, you know? That that goes in two different ways. One, have you seen a Christian movie before outside of, like... Hey, man, The Shack is a great Christian movie. That one? Okay, but so... I know, I know where you're going. I know where you're that, going. So, The Shack, <laughs> God's Not Dead 1 and 2. 3 is... Eh. Um, and, and then The, yeah. the Passion of the Christ. Everything else, you're just like... Yeah. Nickelodeon could have did better than this. And yeah. it's I'm, like... I'm, 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 Disney Channel could have been better than this, and this is let's just be let's just keep it to beanie for a second. And like, I feel like that kind of goes two ways. So like, you can like you can see it where it's like Cain and Abel, where it's just like your gift to God is mediocre to some degree because you know that you could have put your best your best foot forward. At the same time, God also recognizes when your best doesn't look like somebody else's best, like. The woman that, right. you know, poured the perfume on Jesus' feet literally cleaned it off with her hair. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yep. Judas himself was just like, God, like, Jesus, come on, bro. Like, not only do I bring the best gifts, I do your books. I do your finances. You know what I'm saying? But God, mm-hmm. God in the flesh and Jesus saw that. She was like, look, this is all I have. And yeah. this is what I have to give to you. And, you know, I, I you know, it's funny that, like, I bring this up because, like, you know, we just recently saw with um, Creflo Dollar recently, where it's like he told people, "Don't tie that your heart ain't in it." We see that with the woman with the um, the with the I think it's the alabaster box, if I'm not mistaken. Like, mm-hmm. so it goes with two. It goes in two different ways, where it's just like, look, don't don't tell, <laughs> don't bring no boo boo around people and tell people it's godly. <laughs> At the same time, right. don't try to be so hard to be godly that. You forget that this is supposed to be personable and intimate to you as well. You know what I'm saying? Right. So yeah. I think I think the nuance between the two is necessary because I've seen even like with my kids, like yeah, I, I've gotten more meaningful gifts out of like somebody taking like a wrapper off of like this soda bottle and they put like an I love you on the on on the note of that and then like somebody could have just gave me a hundred dollars. The heart in it yeah. is the difference, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Um, yeah. And I think like, like if we if we carry that mindset even in like even in our gifts, people will tell. You know what I'm saying? Um, yep. Yeah. For sure. Yeah, for it's sure. like the it's like the it's like the it's like the woman that um, you know, when they were taking an offering, and and I think it's the Book of Acts, and Jesus is like, yo, she gave the most. And and the disciples was like, what you talking about? Jesus is like, this don't even measure up to what everybody else is giving. And he was like, yeah, they gave. Uh, they gave more in amount wise, but she gave her last. She gave out of her need, right? And um, the, you know that just goes back to what you're saying, like the motive, the heart behind it. You know what I'm saying? What, whatever you got, whether it's big or small, 
You know what I'm saying? Like it might be small to you, but in the eyes of God, it's big depending on on, on, on your heart, you know. Um <clears throat> but yeah, like I had to get that 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 excellence piece up in my music, and that's pretty much where we are, where we where I'm at now, man, is like I said, I got music that I'm sitting on. I'm just, you know, listening to the to the Holy Spirit, listening to, you know, what's being talked about in this uh season in my church. Uh, and then just what's going on in the world and, and what, you know, people need to need to hear, you know? Absolutely. Um, I wanted to talk to you about this. We can get into it uh, if it's okay with you. I wanted to talk to you about this briefly because I know, like, so I have you on Instagram, obviously. And um, yeah. we recently, you know, we recently just had um, another unjust killing in our community, you know what I'm saying? And mm -hmm. you put up a tweet. Kind of spicy oh, yeah. tweet, you know what I'm saying? Uh, um, <laughs> one of our brothers, one of our fellow brothers, right? Um, Officer Tatum, you know what I'm saying? And like, you spoke on something that a lot of people, I feel like in like the evangelical spaces, like clerical spaces don't really touch on. And a lot of times people look yeah. at the finished result of like the demise of the Imago Day. essentially like the image of God has been brutalized. And they always go back to, oh, that could be traced back to fatherlessness. That could be traced back to, um, right. that could be traced back to him doing this, this, that, and the third. You took the very out loud approach to, I would say, one of the, I would say, like one of the biggest red pill like voices <laughs> out of like that space, to say the least. Um, yeah. And you spoke very objectively, but I could tell, like, even though I didn't like hear you speak on, like, speak out loudly about it, like, this really, really hit home for you. Um, can you talk a little bit about what went into like that response for yourself, and why? I would say, like, it's not good for us, especially as disciples of Christ, to speculate on the Imago Day being brutalized this way. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Yeah, <clears throat> man, like. Man, that's a conversation that I have a lot <laughs> at home and, and and sometimes with myself. And then other times I vocalize it with my wife. Uh, just how it 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 aggravates me that when you know somebody that looks like us is uh you know murdered by officers, they're killed by police officers, the first thing that you know that they go for is the rap sheet. You know what I'm saying? The, it's, it's always the rap sheet when it's us, <clears throat> and I don't. I, and I don't care what anybody says. You know, as people be like, "Oh man, you know, like it's the same way." No, it's not. It's not the same. And 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 I'm gonna prove it. Dylan Dylan Roof walks into Charleston, South Carolina, historical uh, black church, and he kills black parishioners at that church. Right? What's the first thing? they talk about in his case his mental health he was bullied all that you know like you know that sensitivity stuff you know what i'm saying they want people to empathize with him you know what i'm saying they, oh my god his child upbringing was hard he was bullied blah 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 you fast forward then you look at guys like you know trayvon uh george floyd you know a couple years ago you look at um the young man that just got killed in uh in ohio you look at that and they they bring up man he grew up in a hood 
Oh, my, my bad. Have... Let me bring, let me bring, let me bring, let me bring on the, the young man's name. So somebody just texted me. He's like, hey, um, make sure you, like, for context purposes, and let's not forget, like, the fact that somebody was brutalized. So Jalen Walker from um, Ohio, right. who you're speaking yeah. of. Um, in regards right. to this, like, not... in regards to this Officer yeah. Taylor tweet, but uh, continue, my brother. You good, you good. Yeah. And that's on me. I've, his, his, his name slipped my mind. I apologize. But Jalen Walker, rest in peace, right? Oh, no, that's on me. And, Look, and, my platform, I have a responsibility to provide context. Context <laughs> is my favorite color. So I got to, you know, I got to make sure I'm doing my journalistic duties and due diligence. Yeah, I, hear so, you. Yeah. I hear you. But yeah, so, you know, when it comes to us, it's always, you know, our the, what we did in our past that comes out into the light. You know what I'm saying? And it happens all the time. And me, and I know all of us are, as black men, we are so tired of our past being hung over our heads. Now, the reason why I got, you know, I made the tweet is because it always comes from, uh, and I hate to say this, but people in the church. And I love the church, but people on that side of the church that, you know, that drink the red Kool-Aid, that name the name of Christ, and all these things that are filled with the Holy Spirit, but they have no compassion, they display no compassion in these cases, right? There, there's no empathy for the family. It's always the first thing. And there's, and I, I watched a video from uh, Officer Tatum, and the first thing he pulls up is, yo, he's looking at a picture of, of, of Jalen Walker with his mom and his grandma, and he was like, now let me ask this, let me ask this. Where's his father? And I'm like, dang, did it ever occur to you that like maybe his dad died early in his life? You know what I'm saying? Who who knows? We don't know, right? We don't know, but it's always the assumption that, you know what I'm saying, like, oh, uh, his 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 maybe his father left, you know what I'm saying? Unstable home. And I, I know the statistics and I know it's a real stat, you know what I'm saying, in our community when it pertains to father fatherless homes and crimes, but let's not always highlight that right let's not always highlight that let's start at the beginning this was a human being and that's what i said in the tweet this was a human being this was not a black man that didn't have a father that was shot however many times however he was shot at they said like 90 60 90 times you know so however many rounds actually hit his body we don't know but you know what I'm saying? Let's not go there. Let's start here. Like this human who is a, a, a bearer of God's image, no matter what he did, no matter what he did, you know what I'm saying? And when I look at the scenario, right, I, I immediately went to what was going on in his mental because what they found in his car was the handgun, his fiance's ring, the first thing that popped in my head was this dude was probably about to commit suicide because his fiance died last month. His, his fiance died last month. But the, these people that, you know, they drink the red Kool-Aid with all the sugar in it. You know what I'm saying? They, they're, they're, they're political Splendor. affiliation. And, Splendor. Huh? Splendor. 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 Gentrified sugar. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> um, you know what I'm saying? There, there's like no love at all when they when they talk. And like when I hear him speak, man, like <laughs> Officer Tatum, like, 
man, I love him with the love of the Lord. But when I hear him talk on these topics, it's so judgmental. That's that's all that's all they do is judge. And it's like, man, I just want people to hear us out. And, you know, one of my homies, God bless, he commented on a post. Uh, he on that side, too. But, you know, praise God. Uh, but you know, he was like, this has nothing to do with the, the, the Imago Day. The Imago Day has to do with like, uh, 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 being redeemed by Christ. And I'm like, bro, no, like being redeemed by Christ is like new Testament. Imago Day is Genesis one. You were made in the image of God, no matter what you did, no matter what you did, no matter you're white, black, uh, Muslim, Christian, no matter what it is, no matter what side of religion you believe in, you have the Imago Day. We all have. There's no way you can get rid of that. You can't take that off. Nothing like that. You were Genesis one. You have the Imago Day inside of you. So when like people like discredit that, man, it's like you get rid of that human side. Right. There's there's no you have no uh, compassion, no empathy in there. You know what I'm saying? And it's always, um, you know, like the, the end game is always to discredit black men, like, man, like, like because of what they did five, 10 years ago, right. It, it makes this justifiable. You know what I'm saying? Present day, like, like, let's say, you know what I'm saying? Like I, God forbid, you know what I'm saying? I get killed by officers and then they go, and they pull up my prep, my past browser history. Y'all gonna hold that over my head? Like, man, black man, Joe Johnson gets killed by officers. He had a very extensive, you know, uh, nasty consumption of blah, blah, blah. Like, is that what we gonna do? You know what I'm saying? Like, dang, you know, even with George Floyd and, and it was, it, you know, come to find out that people like, um, What's the, the Christian rapper name from, from Florida? Uh, Reconcile. Reconcile knew him personally and was discipling him. Like this man was was changing his life around. But the first thing that everybody went to was like, you know what I'm saying? How his life was, you know, uh, five years ago or whatever, you know, how he was battling with drug addiction and things of that. But he has since got himself cleaned up. You know what I'm saying? And you know, like people try to make it seem like, oh, you guys want to turn these guys into heroes. No, we're, we don't want to turn them into heroes. We want you all to recognize them as human beings, number one. And then also recognize that no matter what they did, they're still image bearers. Right. And I think KB and I mean addressed that too before. And that's what opened my eyes to this whole scenario is like, yo, man, like we are not seeing people as just human beings that were made in the image of God. Like, let, let, you know, like, can we just allow people to like literally rest in peace or, or, you know, whatever the case is before pulling someone's criminal record. And that, and it only happens for us. And I, I'm so tired of it. Every time I see it, man, like that's why nowadays, like if I see like a headline, I really, I, I really didn't want to even look at the body cam footage, right? Because I'm I'm trying to protect my peace. When I when I watched that video of George Floyd, like that 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 really messed me up, bro. Like that messed me up, and I know it messed you up. It messed a lot of us up. And that messed me up, and like I I was like, man, I don't want to see no more uh, uh, black trauma. I don't want to see no more of us getting killed by officers. I don't want to see no more of us getting killed in our communities, man. Um, and it's just that trauma piece, bro. Like when you see it over and over again, that weighs a, a ton 
on your mental. You know what I'm saying? I'm pretty sure you've experienced some things during like the pandemic and then all just the unrest, man, with like uh, what's going on when it comes to social justice and things like that. And it's like, yeah, y'all say we free. You know, and that's my other thing with them, you know, with Officer Tatum, they always hype, like, you know, America, you know, you know, we're one of the greatest countries in the nation. And and yeah, we are, you know what I'm saying? We got the best military, you know what I'm saying? Uh, economically, you know what I'm saying? We we are okay, uh, maybe, <laughs> that could be argued. Uh, educationally, you know, that could be argued. But when it comes to, like, basic freedoms, you know what I'm saying, as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as black people, you know what I'm saying? There are a lot of areas of opportunity still. Like to say that there isn't any like racist tendencies in like corporations and things of that nature, like, you know what I'm saying? You capping. Are you blind or you don't want to see it? Like anytime companies have to meet a quota to hire black people, like if, when you need a quote, when you when there's a quota for companies to hire black people, come on, bro. It's a problem. It, like we just, we club. just, in, matter of fact, in my state, we just recently passed this law um, for when, like, like when black people are selling their houses, like we just passed a law maybe like two years ago, I want to say, that your that banks are not allowed to appraise houses lower and like that are owned by black families. Because what would end up happening is we couldn't even have like pictures of our families around the house where banks would literally appraise them at a lower price you know what i'm saying so thus you know cutting out generational wealth um all that goes right. increasing you know increasing the um the 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 weight you know the gap you know what i'm saying when we're talking about the um when we're talking about the gap between like us and them you know what i'm saying and as far as mm-hmm. us we know who us are them yeah. um y'all in the palm of my hand anyway um but <laughs> you know what i'm saying so like People act like we don't have these certain legislations. I'll just say it like this. Reform wouldn't be necessary if wrong was never committed first. Fact. You know what I'm saying? It's kind of like an apology. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, like I would not need to apologize if I did not do something that would not need to be apologized for. Like, black women need to have a legislation put in place where they can wear their hair however they want and not get fired. Um... We're talking about we just got an anti-lynching um, um, bill, even though we've been asked for that, but they gave us Juneteenth. We already had Juneteenth. Um, and it's, <laughs> it, it, it is indeed frustrating when we try to have these conversations with people. And oftentimes the big the people that are trying to speak over us are the same people that flip over the same books we flip over come Sundays. Yeah. And yep. that is probably where I'm like, hmm. Yeah, man. You wonder why they don't want our Jesus. Interesting. Interesting. Yep. Man, and I'm no like I, I saw this uh this verse, man. Jeremiah twenty two and three, man. It says, "Thus says the Lord, do justice and righteousness, and deliver from the hand of the oppressor him who has been robbed, and do no wrong or violence to the resident alien, the fatherless, and the widow." nor shed innocent blood in this place. So when you when we're talking about, you know, justice in America, Jeremiah 22 and 3 touches on two topics that, that hit home in America, right? Illegal immigrants and then 
the fatherless. Then you got you got the widows, right? And it's like, man, are we reading the same Bible? You know what I'm saying? Like, are we really reading the same Bible? Like, if people really sat in Jeremiah, bro, like their viewpoint on how God views justice would change. And honestly, I didn't start like sitting in Jeremiah until uh, George Floyd got killed, and I was uh, I was just doing a Google search and I typed in how does God feel about justice and Jeremiah 20 like chapter 20 came up and I had just been studying that and there's so much about justice this pack in the book of Jeremiah and I'm like man are we reading the same Bible you know what I'm saying with the like with these people and like you said man like the the same people that talk over us you know they flip the same Bible that we flip like there has to come a point when we all just listen to each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, listen to understand and not listen to be heard. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, and I, I heard this from a conservative, um, I forget his name, but he was just saying, you know, man, he was like, how, how much different would this world would be if like both sides came um, together and met in the middle and was like, you know, okay, cool, right? I, I know... We got these differences of opinions on how things should be done. But what if, you know, we came together because at the end of the day, we both got to live in this country and we came together and we thought of ways that we can just live together and be in congruence on at least like basic issues to help our country be better. And I'm like, man, that's that's all we want It's just, you know what I'm saying? Like just the conversation to where, all right, cool. We might not agree on everything, but let's agree on on these things right here. How can we work together as opposed to, you know, you, you got the left wanting to do these and then the right one to do these. And oh, you mean, so much- you, mean, you mean how um, what's what was Shorty's name? Kamala had all these people wearing their pearl necklaces and all this stuff. And we got pimped well, again uh, for our vote. Um, yeah, I just. <laughs> I did. I, 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 look, look, bro. I did. Look, look. I, I'm politically agnostic. I ain't got time for it. Like I just. <laughs> I didn't go for it. I, I didn't go for it when I. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, man. Uh, <laughs> I, just, no, I was like, no, man. I'm, 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 I, I will. I've, I've easily not become impressed with the churches. I would say. I say reactions to things that we should respond to, if that makes sense. Because like, if we are indeed plugged in to the same power source, we wouldn't look so powerless when these things happen. And oftentimes that we end up behind the eight ball of a lot of these things. Like everybody's like, oh my God, there's a, there's a BLM and this is that. And I'm like, well, if the church was doing what we were supposed to do, we wouldn't really need a BLM. That's one. It's like, oh, right, well, they right, got, yeah. we got people we got people, um, we got people, we got Planned Parenthood and this, that. I'm like, well, if the church was doing what it was supposed to par- Planned Parenthood wouldn't exist. And it's just like, oh, well, we got, we got gangbangers selling drugs to, to, to feed the homeless. Like, well, why aren't y'all, y'all ungrateful, knowing God people out there feeding the home, you know what I'm saying? And like, I say things all the time. It's like, we can either be outraged about how the world is doing things or we can roll up our sleeves and be about that action. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, right. I, I I purposely, I, I, you know, I said this on an IG live the other day, you know, God ain't gonna allow you to do his work if you don't apply. That's true. 
That that yeah. is like you can't you can't get a job anywhere without applying first. You know what I'm saying? So you can't be about <laughs> right. your father's business until you apply. I just don't really. Yeah. I me personally, like it's just like I don't like, bro. I don't care what church you go to. I I, I you about my father's business. Cool. Okay. The, yep. the 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 least of these is hungry. The least of these need their kids taken to school. The least of these are broken, um, disenfranchised, and need to be comforted. Right. That's all yeah. I'm concerned about. I don't care about red, blue, left, right, um, right. yellow, blue. Um, you know what I'm saying? None of that. I don't care who's gonna be in the Super Bowl because at the end of the day, um, my th- no, I, I I don't I don't care about AFC or NFC. I care about God. That's it. I don't really got no. I got no time for none of this. I just. I, yeah. nah, I, I just can't. And, 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 you know, and my, my, I, I say that because like we live in a time period where it's just like people are dying from an invisible virus. We, then we have people that are dying because they lost hope in the institution, which I mean, like we saw that happen with Jesus. Jesus himself lost help, like hope in the institution. So if it's starting to look like crisis missing and we're not filling out, you know, missing persons report, I don't think we're on the right side of things personally. So I just, I think like what it is that we just need to refocus. And I don't know what that's going to take, but it needs to happen because literally lives are at stake at this point. Yeah. I think, um, you know, like in everything, man, God has a remnant, you know what I'm saying? Of, of people that, uh, you know, they get it and they understand it and will do it. Um, <clears throat> but, you know, going back to what you said, man, being about, you know, the the, uh, the family business and the father's business, you know what I'm saying? The father's business was people, you know? And and like you were saying, you know, we'll talk about BLM or Planned Parenthood. Well, it wouldn't be any, uh, any need for those organizations if the church was doing what the church was doing. Now, um, this isn't to take away what, you know, the church has instituted, like Red Cross, you know, all these organizations, man, that, that have been, uh, put into place, you know, by early Christians or whatever. And we thank God for that, but it's like, we've lost that fervor, uh, along the years, man. And like, when you look at certain people, they always address like, man, these communities are run down. You know what I'm saying? There's so much crime in these communities. It was like, man, well, if you like really, really took a peek at what's going on in these communities and, and I work in these communities, like I'm in Philly, it's like one of the poorest cities uh, in, 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 in the world. And I work in like North Philly a lot and I see it, man, I'm in and out of houses and it's like, yo, I understand why they act the way they act. Like when you're hungry, bro, you will do whatever it takes to, to, to put some food on the table. And unfortunately, the only opportunities that these people have in these communities is to, you know, sell something or, you know, do something illegal. And it's unfortunate. And that is where we come in, because a lot of the things that, you know, we expect the government to do, God told the church to do. You know what I'm saying? Like the least of these. So when you talk about these food pantries or whatever, you know what I'm saying? When you talk about um, developing programs for kids when it comes to education, you know what I'm saying? Um, when, when, when you look at black men that are coming out of uh, the prison system, how are you going to address that to keep them from going back? Because if they come back to the same environment, 
all they're going to do is the same thing that got them right back in and they're going to end back in and that's how the cycle continues but when they come home do they have an opportunity right to uh learn a trade right learn some kind of skill that's going to make them marketable uh in in the real world right are you going to give them an opportunity even though they might have a felony or some kind of misdemeanor or will your company give them an opportunity to work or are you just going to sit back and you know watch or make these youtube videos about you know all these criminals running around man and that's what they do they tear up their cities and then blame you know blame it on on uh uh um you know the left like oh th- th- these are le- these are blue cities blah 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 and it's like yo like let's be the church let's stop with our you know political affiliations and all that and just be the church because honestly when we get to the when we get to heaven god's not gonna say well done not good and faithful republican or well done and good and faithful democrat he's gonna say well uh, well done not good and faithful servant right all those other things when we go back to being untitled right we go back to being untitled all that other stuff that you know we feel our mantles with ain't gonna matter when we get to glory like you said the least of these like it it would it would be it would be a sad day in eternity when you get to heaven and the reason why you can't get in is because of the way you treated the the widow the immigrant the father the fatherless right if that and, and 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 you're like what god i prophesied in your name i did all this da 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 and then god said depart from me i never knew you which we know means like he didn't feel you or have intimacy right and obviously if you don't have intimacy with god and things of that nature then you won't hear him telling you to go speak to this particular people group and then he show you right the 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 film the feature film of your life and on that screen and when it's just you and him in there and he starts playing like man i sent this person to you and i wanted you to help but i i I sent this i sent you to this community with this skill and you held it to yourself and you all you did was line your pockets with this gift blah 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 like all these opportunities that i sent to you and and you failed and look how you treated this particular people group and you can't get in that that man like i don't know about anybody else but that 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 right there scares me and that's why like i'm i'm so blessed to be a part of you know my church because i know that you know oftentimes a black church gets you know a lot of uh bad flack too man but that that is something that it's the building it's the building fun it's the building fun that that's yeah <laughs> yeah yeah you're right but yeah like my pastor man he's my pastor is so adamant on like building the the kingdom when it comes to addressing the community that he places in like my pastor says if god places you in a community it's because he wants he, he's planting you as a seed to reap a harvest from that community and those communities are souls and when you look at jesus and and I'm, this is where I'm gonna stop talking. But when you look at Jesus, before Jesus ministered to anybody, before he um before Jesus you know healed or or not not healed before he preached the gospel to anyone, he addressed their uh he addressed their physical needs. He addressed their natural need. He 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 fed them. He healed them. Right. He freed them from some kind of addiction or you know a, a, a possessive spirit. And after he addressed that need, then they were open to receive. A lot of us, we trying to go in <laughs> for the kill shot and, and get the salvation. And it's like, bro, I just want some food. Like, 
I, I need a job. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that right there. Still doing stuff like that is the gospel, right? That is the gospel right there. And I think that a lot of a lot of times we miss that uh, because we feel like we just want to go out and we just want to save souls. But the way you interact with your brother and sister on the street is as much as being a witness as it is to just saying, hey, you know, Jesus love you. But like, if I I give you an, a job opportunity, right? And then it blows you away. Like, why you do that for me? Oh man, you know what I'm saying? God placed it on my heart to, you know, offer you this this job or, you know what I'm saying? To take you under my wing and teach you this or God placed it on my heart to buy your groceries or whatever the case is. Um, so like, we have to look at this gospel thing and like this this whole reaching the world thing uh from a different viewpoint and i think you can only see that uh when you know you yield it to the holy spirit and the holy spirit is telling you he'll he'll show you uh ways to evangelize um you know the right way as opposed to being super aggressive i i think like another thing that goes with that is like it, it's kind of to go with what you were saying. I heard this somewhere. I can't remember off the top of my head. It's basically saying something along the lines of like, you know, a lot of people want to be in this like this disciple life where they're like, oh, I need to I need to minister to people with a chainsaw. You know what I'm saying? Hear me out. Slow down for a second, everybody that's watching. Like, 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 just just walk walk. Let me walk this through with you for a second. But like, you know, a lot of us are trying to do work. Um, as far as disciples and we're trying to do it with a chainsaw, but some things are as simple as like a scalpel. It's an incision. It's not like the 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 way that you're able to administer to somebody's literal physical and sometimes spiritual needs, sometimes like things that are inward with them, it does make a difference. I guarantee doggone it that if your kids had a headache. You would probably want to give them children's Tylenol before you, I don't know. Anybody know what BC powder is? You know what BC powder is, brother? Yeah. I'm pretty sure (laughs) your kids is, or your niece and nephews is not going to go, yeah, I'll take that BC powder and forget the water. Just rub it around my gum line. I'm going to be like, no. You know what I'm saying? So, like, I, like, if. And I say that to say, like, how you administer the medicine to somebody can either halt or expedite their healing. You know what I'm saying? And we got to get out of what works for us when administering this medicine because, you know, somebody don't want to rock with the way you administer medicine. They're going to wonder, where did you get that medicine and never want to bang with that medicine, period. You know what I'm saying? And, you know what I'm saying? So it's just... I don't know. It's just we supposed to be hope dealers, but we ain't doing too good right now. That's just right, right. 